0: This is episode number 46 of Under 10, a mini podcast on intimacy with Dr. Jessica Tartaro. That's me. Last week, I explored with you the often humbling notion of doing it when you don't feel like it. Essentially, staying connected as a discipline, especially when you feel resistant to doing so. This week, I'm going to Wrap my arms all the way around a topic I've been saving for just the right week. We are going to cozy in, squeeze tight, and yes, you see where this is going. We are going to talk about how to be a good hugger. How is this going to stretch into 10 minutes, you ask? Well, just keep listening. You're about to find out. Recently, two different men in my life told me I give good hugs. One is my husband's father, and one is my husband's best friend. At his birthday dinner, I had complimented my father-in-law on his hugs, and he responded by saying that he learned to hug well from me, which I didn't expect. Later that evening, my husband's best friend, his name is Mitch, and my husband's name is Rich, so we call them the itches. Mitch said that hugging me calmed him down, which is quite a feat because Mitch is constantly moving and never really at rest. Now, I'm going to admit something to you right off the bat. I know that I really am a good hugger. I've even become better with age. I'm not gloaty about it. It's just a thing, and sometimes people tell me, like they did recently— But I rarely think much about it until it dawned on me that giving good hugs, like all things I teach, is a practice and takes practice. So I'm going to see if I can break down for you the essence of a good hug so you can practice too. I call these the four principles of hugging well. The first principle is that good hugging is mutually consensual. If you are a touch-friendly person, you have likely been in communities where people approach you with arms open wide as a way to ask for and initiate a hug in the same gesture. And you may have friends or partners with whom you have what's called perma-consent. As in, they have consent to come in for a hug at any time without asking in each separate instance for permission. But unless you already have perma consent, someone coming up to you with arms open wide is not practicing consensual hugging. Asking for a hug is not done through a preemptive hug in midair, because in that posture there's already an assumption of a yes making a no much harder to communicate. Clean consent practices include always making it accessible to say no. The bottom line here is asking for a hug is something you do with your words, not your arms. For example, you could say with your arms at your side, would you like to share a hug, implying that a hug is equal parts them and you. And if they say no, thank you, you have your answer. And if they say yes, then it's time to practice the next principle of hugging well. Principle number two is find your body in order to connect with theirs. You can't hug well if you aren't first located inside your own skin. There has to be someone home in order to hug. Just like there has to be someone home to practice any form of intimacy. Embodying yourself is a lifelong practice. It's about what you tell yourself when you wake up each morning so that you feel safe enough to inhabit your skin. It's about eating well and regularly moving your body. It's about letting yourself feel uncomfortable things and staying in the vessel of that discomfort. It's about giving yourself permission to feel pleasure and relishing in that sensation. Embodiment as a practice weaves throughout a lifetime. A simple starting point, once you have consent for a hug, is to take a deep breath, move it through your lungs, let it out with an audible sigh, and allow yourself to feel the vibrations of that sound. Those vibrations are pointing you in the direction of your body. Follow them. Principle number three is about what good hugging isn't. From my perspective, a good hug does not include much negative space. Negative space in art is the space around and between the subject of an image. Negative space in the practice of hugging is extra space between the huggers. My younger sister, with whom I have a very complicated relationship, has long hugged me with negative space between us. It's arms, not chest. It's a moving towards and moving away at the same time. It's convex, meaning curving outward, while also being concave, curving inward. It's a come here and go away at the same time, a mixed message through the body. And it's not what makes for a good hug. Now, there may be plenty of people you might want to give a negative space hug to, Giving a good hug is not something you might share with just anyone, unless perhaps you are Ama, the hugging saint, in which case you are in a much different league than the rest of us, and millions of people are going to line up and wait hours to hug you, and that's your gift to the world. But unless you are Ama listening to this episode, you are not going to hug everyone in the same way or at all. Some people in your life won't get a hug. And some people will get a negative space hug, and that's okay. When you encounter the people for whom you reserve the good hugs, consider the possibility of closing the negative space with heart on heart, head over shoulder, arms wrapped around them with medium pressure, and a, yes, I'm here with you, with your whole body. The fourth and final principle of the hugging well principles is that once you have gotten consent, found your body, and closed the negative space, the rest is a letting go. Which sounds funny because you are literally hanging on, at least with your arms. But just like in episode 33, when I explored the art of good kissing, and I told you that kissing is not a stop along the way to sex, it is its own destination, the same is also true for hugging good hugging is not a stop on the way to anywhere. You're not trying to get anywhere or prove anything or take away somebody's pain or arouse any more desire than is already there. You're just showing up with whatever is in the moment between you and them. It's an arrival over and again into their arms, into your body, and into your nervous system's capacity for restfulness. In this state of surrender, Both bodies have the chance to soothe the other, like Mitch told me about my hugs being calming to him. This is often referred to as co-regulation, when each body is tuning itself to the other in a continuous exchange of messages through breath, sound, and touch. You are giving and receiving by just getting out of the way and staying in your body. So stay there. How long is up to you. If the other person begins to let go, follow that cue. But if you both are willing to stay past the point when the tension really does melt, I say for a minute or two at least, bathe in that rest. It's like a standing nap, a reset for your burdened mind, and a deepening of your feeling of safety and belonging. Why leave? For this week's homework, if you have someone available to hug, share this podcast with them and then try the four steps. Make this the slowest, most deliberate, and luxurious hug you have yet shared. If you do not have a hugging person immediately available, think about who in your life you might want to discuss making agreements for hugging with. Way back in episode number four, I introduced the idea of making intentional agreements with people for connection. Consider listening to that again and making a hugging agreement with someone in your life. Make sure you have let them in on the four principles and that everyone's expectations are in alignment. Once they are, let yourself refuel co-regulate, and rest in connection to your own body and in the arms of someone you trust. Now you have all of my secrets so that you, too, can join the ranks of good huggers. I wish you sweet, safe, and nourishing hugs. This is Dr. Jessica Tartaro with Under 10, a mini-podcast on intimacy. <laughs>